stats, booms, busts, sleepers. Listen to Adam and Vincent with Fantasy Pandemic on Monday and Thursday evenings via Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to follow them on Twitter at Fantasy Pandemic, at Fantasy Cajun, and at FF Little Finger. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Pandemic Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Bryce, along my co-host, Vincent Argrave. You can give us a follow on Twitter at Fantasy Pandemic. You can give me a follow at Fantasy Cajun, and you can give Vincent a follow at FF Littlefinger. Uh, tonight, we're going to be looking at uh, top 24 wide receivers in PPR formats. I'm sure Vincent's got a few surprises in there. How about that, Vincent? What's up, y'all? Yeah, no, it's uh, I'm pretty excited. Like we were just saying, just finally really glancing at each other's rankings. And uh, first time, there's a little bit of diversity. Uh, so excited about different opinions and perspectives. You know, I think the the one thing that you cannot do in fantasy is be, um, you know, pigeonholed and put your blinders on because you hate a certain guy or you had a bad history or you feel a certain way about a certain team. So always be receptive and listen to other people's opinions. And yours is one that uh, I respect uh, most and more than most. So uh, interested to hear your opinion, see if any rankings change. And, you know, like everything else, this is all subject prior to the draft. And it's all going to get blown to hell in a few weeks. So, yeah, no doubt about it. You know, and I was already texting you on the way home from work. I'm like, man, where my, my ranking on Devontae Parker, I'm just not really crazy about. But, you know, we're going to get to that here in a little bit. Vincent, why don't you rattle off maybe your uh, top eight, ten names here? All right. So I think leader in the clubhouse is uh, pretty easy. Michael Thomas, I mean, prolific year last year. Um, his skill set, along with that offense and Drew Brees' um, current capabilities, make him the safest, especially in PPR, probably in standard as well, but really in PPR. I mean, he is he's a lock, surefire number one. Um, after that, I go Tyreek Hill, uh, Devontae Adams, Julio, and then I go Hopkins, and that kind of rounds out my top tier. Um, I put Hopkins at the bottom of the tier, not because of the talent, not because of the hands, um, because of the target share. I mean, he was getting 33% and never dropping a pass. And whatever Houston is or isn't, Deshaun Watson is one of the top uh, ball delivery quarterbacks in the league. Um, he can extend plays similar, similar to Kyler. A lot of um, similarities. But that rapport, I mean, going back, as you've mentioned, forever, like I, you can't just replicate that immediately. So I think the talent keeps him in that top tier. I wanted to drop him down, but I couldn't bring myself because of how much volume I think there's going to be in that offense. So um, I feel like, you know, it's pick your poison. I have Tyreek at number two. Um, it, you could probably make a significant argument, especially for uh, uh, Devontae Adams because he has the touchdown and the catch upside maybe over Tyreek. I just think the week winning uh, weeks are Tyreek Hill. I mean, he, he's, he shouldn't ghost you if he's healthy, uh, but he has those monster weeks. I think Adams is probably a safer. Julio's as safe as they get. Um, he's safe to get you, you know, 1,000-plus yards and a whole lot of catches and no touchdowns. So that's why, you know, you kind of put him at the bottom, but, you know, volume guy, you can't hurt it. Um, then go Hopkins. Uh, somebody that I want to come back to, mainly because I was surprised that we're both similar is um, Amari Cooper uh, starts the second tier. And then I go, we'll go down to nine. I go Juju Godwin and Evan Evans. So that's my top nine. Um, I think Brady obviously is capable of supporting whatever Jameis did um, with and what, even if he doesn't take as many shots as Jameis did, it's probably going to be beneficial because they'll probably have the ball after the incompletion as opposed to the interception. So 
Um, really interested to see. I have Godwin above Edwin Evans, um, mainly because it's PPR. He's the slot guy at the moment. Um, if that doesn't change, if they try to move him outside opposite Evans, uh, yeah, I, I'll be interested to see. But I'm really interested to see what Brady can do with Evans because of that. And uh, going back up to Juju, if Ben's healthy and Ben can play and the way the Steelers have proven that they are going to play football, I'm, I'm not going to hold last season against Juju. Maybe he burns me, but I, I'm, I think sky's the limit for him for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, uh, looking at Juju, uh, even if you saw in that third preseason game with Ben Roethlisberger, Juju had like 11 targets in the first two quarters of the game. Big Ben has shown in the past that he is, when he finds a receiver, he locks in on him. And whether that receiver is Antonio Brown or Heinz Ward or Santonio Holmes, he locks in on receivers. And that receiver has high you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver one upside just about every season. And that's what Juju had last year. Unfortunately, you know, Big Ben goes down. You know, Mason Rudolph is terrible. Uh, you know, Miles Garrett incident with him. Uh, and, and it was just it was just a rough season for Juju, you know, looking back at it last year. You know, I have Juju ranked at 10. Uh, you've got him ranked at 7. So we're kind of, you know, in the similar boat right there, which to me – Honestly, I think if you compare us with some of the experts in the, in the industry, we're probably a little bit higher on Juju than most. Uh, when I look at some of my rankings, you know, starting off at one, two, three, uh, four, five, I've got Michael Thomas, obviously, you know. I think Michael Thomas is probably the lock of the century receiver right now for 120 catches, 1,200 yards, and 10 touchdowns. It's just something that Michael Thomas is going to give you. That's top three numbers. I think he is probably outside of Christian McCaffrey the safest player in fantasy football in 2020. Uh, I think Tyreek Hill uh, presents that upside, uh, especially, you know, if your, your league gives points for return yards, because he does return punts. Uh, he can always take one to the house, whether it's going on a reverse or just a, a simple fly pattern where he just blows past, you know, the defenses in the AFC West and Patrick Mahomes can throw it 80 yards. He gets those big plays for touchdowns. And then, you know, you know, like you said, Devontae Adams at three, you know, Adams can present, you know, the touchdowns. He's got the receptions. I mean, he is the main focal point in that offense right now outside of Aaron Jones. Um, you know, they do have Jay Sternberger, who, you know, we'll get into next week on when we talk about tight ends. But outside of Devontae Adams, really, don't tell me Devin Funches. I mean, because Devin Funches is uh, like a dinosaur to me at this point. You know, you talked about Hopkins. Uh, you know, I think Godwin has, you know, some some big time upside with Tom Brady there. You know, Tom Brady's a more proficient passer than uh, Jameis ever was. And I've got Chris Godwin at five. You know, I, I feel that's pretty aggressive. But then again, you know, the season he had last year was just remarkable. And now he's going to have Tom Brady throwing him with the football. And uh, I think you're right. They could move him on the outside. I, I hope they don't, um, mainly because of Brady's history. I mean, you're telling me now Chris Godwin's going to get the Edelman role. I mean, holy smoke, that's, that's, some, that's a serious firepower right there. I do think that there will be as much vulturing, maybe even a little more. Um, I think they're, you know, still 1A one, one between Evans and Godwin. Um, you know, Evans is still drawing the number one corner, which helps Godwin. So the numbers, you know, in the offense, I think Evans will still be the number one. Points-wise, you may be able to get a lot more, especially in a PPR out of Godwin. Um, but based off of the role that they've shown, you know, he's just going to have a, more of a volume. But, you know, I, like I said, I have Evans one spot below him. Um, 
and I don't think you have him too far off because no. any given week Mike Evans can go off because he's still a freaking man. Oh, he's still Mike Evans, absolutely. He he is still a, a beast. Um, you know, I, I tell you what, this person needs no introduction to fantasy football. It's for damn sure. And at number six, that's Julio Jones. Uh, Julio Jones has just been a model of consistency. He may not score all those touchdowns, which is still baffling and just blows my mind that, you know, over the past five seasons, Julio Jones has averaged six touchdowns a season. I mean, we're talking about Julio fucking Jones here, who, in my opinion, is one of the pound for the pound, the best wide receivers in the NFL, and he's only getting six touchdowns. Why does Matt Ryan not target him in the end zone? I, I think that it's schematic based off of everybody else knows take away freaking Julio. Like, if you can take away Julio, you can really just isolate that, keep him out of that game. Um, Ridley got a bit, was a little bit of beneficiary. Hooper was obvious beneficiary last year. Um, and then previous to that, but the, between Freeman and Coleman being so efficient because Julio demands a double, double team. And you got to respect Calvin Ridley and then – you know, they had Sanu there for a time, too, that was, for a football um, team, a very quality two till Ridley surpassed him, then a legit three. Um, it, it just, if you're going to take something away, you're going to take away Julio. And then last year, I mean, Atlanta just turned into a dumpster fire until the second half of the year, and it didn't matter. And, you know, again, you know, we talked about, you know, um, those players that once they get down early, you, you don't want to get stuck on a sinking ship all the time. Um now, I have my own people that I like to, you know, I'll tread water with. But, you know, it, it's tough. And, you know, the volume's not there. And then when you're bad, you're not scoring points. And then is the, are the studs getting pulled out? So, I think it's a lot of things. I, the number one for me, I think, is scheme. Um, but, yeah, why Matt Ryan just hey, – I mean, you, you see him opening, he looks away. But I guess you don't expect him to be there. It's probably more like he's going through his reads and – you know, he knows that that's the worst matchup, even though it's the best player on the field, probably. Uh, the crazy thing is, over the last five seasons, Julio Jones has averaged 104 receptions and 1,559 yards pa- uh, receiving with six touchdowns. That's a five-year average. Um, I mean, that's just remarkable. Uh, one of my concerns is, though, is Julio's starting to get up there in age. He's 31 years old. Uh, Calvin Ridley's coming into his third season, and He's someone who I thought was ready to take the next step. And when I started to dive in the numbers, he kind of did uh, take that next step. And I'll get into that into a little bit. But uh, Julio is starting to get up there in age. You know, he is 31 years old. I think he's got a couple more good seasons left in him, two to three, before I thought we start seeing a decline. Uh, but, you know, looking over, you know, going through the rest of my rankings, uh, you know, I've got Amari Cooper at seven. I know you've got Amari Cooper at six. You know, we, we're kind of in the same boat there. We, we both believe that the Dallas Cowboys has a, have a high-powered offense uh, with Dak Prescott returning along with Zeke Elliott, you know, signed that big fat contract last year. Uh, Mike Evans at eight for me. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. At, at nine. And this one, you know, it, to me is a struggle just because – I feel like OBJ has turned into a prima donna. I mean, he definitely was certainly one in, in New York. And he's not doing much better in Cleveland. And, you know, now with uh, – uh, what's the, the the coach coming over from Minnesota's name? I, I can't can't think off the top of my head. That's uh, Stefanski. Stefanski. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Okay. Stefanski coming over there, you know, bringing you know, the Minnesota boring, you know, 12-personal offense over there with two tight ends on the field. You know, obviously that's when they went and got Hooper. Uh, but you're turning more into a running football team. Uh, will they treat Odell and Jarvis Landry like Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs? 
Uh, probably so. Baker is, is certainly more than capable of getting the football, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if maybe Odell may, may turn into a Stefan Diggs situation here in, in Cleveland. Uh, I'll say, you know, going to Cooper, I feel pretty dirty about the Cooper ranking. Um, I have him at six. Uh, he is, if I look at my top 10, all things staying equal, he's the one that's probably most likely to fall because, you know, when I, you know, I just look at his numbers and I just, it's tough when guys ghost you as much as he does. So, I'm I'm definitely going to hold the jury out. Um, I'm probably going to pull him down. I think just at the time, you know, doing the podcast with you and looking at it, you know, I do expect a lot out of the Cowboys. Um, But you're fighting a history of culture against consistency with Amari Cooper. Now, we're not alone on that island, you know, with the rankings, but I would probably, if it comes to me and I'm on, you know, the back end of the second round and it's Cooper or Juju or, you know, Cooper, a couple of my guys that are in that tier, I've, very easily could go the other way, especially if I have a uh, um, a running back. Like if I end up like an Aaron Jones or last year, I would have said Dalvin Cook, which would have been great. But like Dalvin Cook, oh, I'm waiting for him to get hurt. Amari Cooper, oh, I'm going to wait for him to get disappeared. Well, my number one, number two picks would just be gone any given week. So I would, I, I definitely would probably pair him with some consistency. And OBJ is uh, one of the guys I have highlighted on your rankings. I, I can't come close to putting him up there. I feel – I feel name recognition and no alone has him kind of where he's at for me based off of what he did, what Baker has shown, and then what that offense is going to be. I think Baker, if he can be coached, is going to be more efficient. But he's always going to have the best cover on him. And it's, it, it, it's just not that it, – it's the dig Thielen, but I don't think he's going to see as many balls as Thielen did. So then you end up with dig, which you always played the upside, which OBJ has, but – Man, if you if you've owned Diggs for a while, like it's 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 pretty ter- you know traumatic, and these it's very just it's the inconsistency of some of the top wide receivers because the good so good, that's why you pay for them because they have that upside. And uh, you know, honestly, when I was looking at it, if you tell me that I have my twenty third and twenty four ranked receivers right now going into my league, which means I went two three running backs and a tight end, and I know I'm getting twenty third and twenty four. I feel good enough with them being my starters. But so I do think the position is deep. Um, I can't trust Odell. I own Odell in Dynasty, so I don't have a choice in one league. But I just – I don't think he can deliver top ten numbers in that offense. Yeah, and, and you may be right. I think out of my top ten, I think Odell Beckham is probably the one who's more than likely just to move down. Just, uh, you know, seeing – uh, what they do in the draft, uh, how they start doing in training camp and preseason. That, that's one name that's more than likely to move, to move down just because he's so, he's so boom robust. You know, again, you know, I've got Juju at 10, uh, DJ Moore at 11, who I'm very high on. Um, and I'm not real crazy about Carolina bringing in Robbie Anderson. You know, that kind of, I think, I feel like takes away a little bit from DJ Moore, you know, because you have Curtis Samuel over there. You already have Christian McCaffrey who demands the football, you know, at least, you know, almost 30% of the touches in that offense. So, you know, there's only so much pie to go around there. And I feel like DJ Moore has a real high upside, but bringing in Robbie Anderson, I guess, you know, Joe Brady wants that third receiver in there. He, you know, uh, they have Curtis Samuel over there. who I'm guessing it's going to slide into the slot now uh, with Robbie Anderson on the outside. Uh, you got Teddy Bridgewater throwing that football. Um, do they have enough to to warrant this ranking for DJ Moore at eleven? I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, that may be another one that moves down for me. Uh, well, I have I have I have DJ at thirteen, and I think bringing in Robbie. I don't know what that if that takes away from DJ Moore. I think it could 
significantly increase it because of what his skill set is. I think it crushes Curtis Samuel's value. Um, those, you know, oh, the, no doubt. the Samuel truthers, myself being one of them, uh, P.S. Fuck James, it, you know, it, it, it just crippled it, you know, because you have two similar guys. You know, Samuel, I agree, probably goes to the slot a little bit more because um, it's not going to be Robbie. But I, I think D.J. Moore established himself as really about to take a big step, be a big, be a, a big time wide receiver. Um, and I think the more talent that you put around him, especially talent like they're supplying him with, that doesn't demand the ball. I think everybody can be a beneficiary of the fact that Christian McCaffrey's in the backfield. And honestly, DJ Moore is going to fit Teddy's skill set much better than he's going to fit, you know, than Robbie Samuel, Robbie Anderson or Curtis Samuel, which is essentially one person at this point. So in my mind, so I I, I'm with you on DJ. I only have a couple spots lower than you. um, And I have, so I'm, I would expect a big year for him if that offense clicks. Yeah, um, the last guy in my top 12 here, uh, that happens to be Allen Robinson. Uh, I know a lot of people are not as high on Allen Robinson as maybe say I am, but uh, I feel like Allen Robinson has plenty of talent. He's just had garbage quarterbacks throwing him the football for the past you know, four to five seasons. However, Allen Robinson does have two wide, top 12 wide receiver finishes in PPR with quarterbacks named Trubisky and Bortles throwing him the football. <laughs> I mean, th- those two quarterbacks are, are just flat out awful. Bortles, I think, is backing up Jared Goff now. Um, and Mitchell Trubisky is basically going to be playing second fiddle to Nick Foles this year. I will say I do think out, out of those two quarterbacks, I do think Nick Foles is a better passer. But, you know, when you look at Allen Robinson and you kind of look uh, at his skill set, uh, you know he's a great he's great on the outside. He's he can he's got great hands. He he just about catches everything that comes his way. Um, he's only 26 years old, uh, and last year you know he finished as wide receiver seven overall in PPR format. You know he had 98 catches, 1100 yards, and seven touchdowns. His last six games of the season last year, he had 68 targets, 41 receptions, 514 yards, and four touchdowns. If you were playing him late. Uh, in the season and going into your playoff season, uh, you know, he carried you, he helped you out. You know, he was a strong in, you know, high end wide receiver two, low end wide receiver one. And he's certainly someone I think who's going to be, you know, even a better beneficiary uh, with Nick Foles at the helm than say someone like Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, I know you maybe don't feel as strongly about Allen Robinson as I do. I know you've got him ranked at 19. So, uh, I mean, there is someone on your rankings that I, I'm a little more skeptical of, and that's, you know, you have uh, Devontae Parker at 12. Right. So, I mean, you, you essentially hate my 10, 11, 12. So, um, to, to, to A-Rob, my, I guess my thing is I don't trust Foles. I don't trust Nagy. I don't trust Trubisky. Um, and Allen Robinson, I don't distrust, but it, it, it hasn't been the model of consistency. Um, and I just – not that anybody I have him ranked above above him is going to be consistent. Like like I said, if I have Allen Robinson and insert name below there, I'm okay with that as my wide receivers. I really am. Like so, I it is somewhat splitting hairs. Um, but mine is consistency along with the upside. Like so, I have Thielen at ten, Cooper Cup at eleven. Now, I like Cooper Cup. I know you said, you know, I, I don't like your ten, eleven, and twelve, but I actually do like Cooper Cup. I am a Cooper Cup fan. Well, I think. Thielen's going to have the connection with Cousins. Stephon Diggs not being there, 
is not should not matter because Thielen is going to still see the same thing. And then if they bring in somebody like uh, Ruggs or Jerry Judy or something, I mean, depending on who they bring in, it's almost going to be like a Diggs clone type person. Now he's not going to be as pure as Diggs is at the moment, but it is going to be a counterpart in an offense that you're not. Um, they're going to lull you to sleep and just PPR you to death with Thielen. Like those freaking yellow gloves are going to get their touches. And to me. Like, it's just the safe side. And then you took, you know, everything we talked about, you know, the argument you were concerned about DJ Moore. Well, you know, uh, Robbie Anderson's there. Well, shit, they just took away Diggs. Like, it's, it's, it's him and Irv Smith and Dalvin Cook. Like, Thielen's going to get his. Um, and that's where I feel like the safe with the upside because, you know, Diggs will miss games and Thielen gets it all. I mean, it's just, it, it's been, it's worked if he's healthy. That's the, you know, if as long as he's healthy rolling the season, I've, I'm, I'm really happy with, where I think especially I'll be able to get him. And then Cooper Cup, for me, I mean, I, I, I almost tried to push him into the top ten. Like, I could probably flip him and Thielen and feel good about it. Cooper Cup is the security blanket. He makes plays. He's the PPR guy. Golf and him have a freaking connection better than anybody else on that team. And he was the red zone threat before Todd Gurley was gone. I mean, he does everything you ask for. And the fact he's a little white guy – kind of holds him back. I think this is his <laughs> Edelman step. He's going to be like, nobody worries about Edelman previous to this year, Edelman and PPR or old Wes Welker, you know, that, you know, those type of fit role guys that get their catches, but they're getting the touchdowns. And I mean, Cooper cup is undervalued as an athlete too. Like he makes plays, but he's not Brandon cooks or Robert Woods or Todd Gurley. I mean, there are a lot of skilled players in that offense and you're taking away a big volume with Gurley, which that's a lot of touchdowns in the red zone. And now you're telling me that the, he's the best target, best friend, red zone threat in that offense that I think the whole team is going to take. The defense isn't going to be quite as good, and the offense is still going to be what the offense is. Um, I want every share of Cooper Cup I can absolutely get. Um, he's going to make up for my Robbie Anderson and uh, OBJ in freaking Dynasty, hopefully. Um, and then I have Devontae Parker at 12, you know, uh, Devontae Parker, I'm afraid he's my ride or die, I guess at this point, because he, he was the preseason hype train for the last four years. And even going oh, this man, year, Devontae he? Parker looks great. And look, I got sick of it. And I mean, at some point there's going to be value at any position. And he somehow, even at his lowest, never lived up to expectation. But this past year, a new coach, which again, I don't. I can't. You. Can, I refuse to let any of you people blame Devontae Parker when Adam Gase had been calling the plays. Okay. He. I mean, we all know how I feel about Gase. He held everything back on that offense. Who knows what anybody should or should not be? Who knows what Drake will or won't be? Gasecki, Parker, Kenny. Everybody else that was just held back by this, you know, mad scientist of stupidity. Like, and then gets a little freedom and gets a quarterback that plays with reckless abandon like Jameis with vision it's just you know Ryan Fitzpatrick found his guy and he threw it and you know the his numbers last year were ridiculous and it wasn't just the only bad weeks he had then he got hurt late he got a concussion late in the season I think week uh 14 13 14 something it was yeah 14 because I think it was that first week of the playoffs and I had a bye thank god and other than that his worst weeks were easily all with Rosen. He had one okay game when Rosen came in. And he had, the, had to ride that four-game stretch. They went through the bye. They had Rosen start the game after the bye. And then all of a sudden Fitzpatrick came in. 
and the entire offense, they went from about 18 pass attempts a game to the worst pass attempts under Fitzpatrick the rest of the year was 33. There is enough balls to go around for him, for Preston Williams, for Gusecki. It doesn't matter. And our later and saver was the running back. Everybody knew Devontae Parker was going to get the football. And Devontae Parker still went up and got the damn football every time. Um, I think he had a breakout. I think he has the talent to do it. I think if it's Fitzpatrick or if it's Tua, I feel okay with it. Now, if it ends up being somebody else, I'm, obviously that's going to change everything. I, you know, Wide receivers probably, especially this year, I think will have some of the most significant re-rankings ever due to the impact. Obviously, anybody's quarterback is going to have on you because you're always dependent on somebody to deliver the football along with this loaded wide receiver class. So um, I think even with Preston Williams coming back, I mean, Devontae Parker was still averaging 14 points a game, 14 and a half with Preston Williams in the game. Um, and then he left, which means all the coverage is on him. And then he booms up to like 17, and that's with his concussion game. He was averaging 21 the second half of the season. Um, they are going to be a better football team, but not good enough to where they're not going to be chasing points. And Jordan Howard is not taking any PPR from anybody. So I think Fitzpatrick's leaning at 35 times a game, and he's throwing it up to my guy. I'm all in. I'm all in. Yeah, yeah, you make some really good points there. Um, you know, I'm really I'm not that far off with Devontae Parker. I mean, you have him at 12, I've got him at 15. <clears throat> so it's not like we're, we're we're splitting hairs here, honestly, with some of the receivers. I mean, I've got Kenny Galladay at 13. You know, who played with uh, Jeff Driscoll and David Blount uh, as quarterbacks for half of the season and he still managed a, a top a top 15 finish in PPR I mean what does that speak about the skill set Kenny Dolly has I mean how good can he be with Matt Stafford uh, as a full-time quarterback but Kenny, Kenny, Kenny obviously Galladay, the real question is can Matt Stafford stay healthy Kenny Galladay is of everybody we've listed like the young guys he's probably the closest or younger guys like he's in that AJ Green Calvin Johnson, Julio, like he is a big striding freaking animal that can go get the football, that can get the deep ball, and his route tree is only further evolving. Like he is that, you know, growing up old school, I'm building somebody on Madden wide receiver. And that's what you get with him. And, I, you know, I think there's a group in there um, that – and that's what – and it's just what you get. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is, and it's all upside if Stafford can stay healthy. If you guaranteed – 16 games of competent Matt Stafford. Uh, he's, I think I've, I feel better about him than probably DJ Moore, you know, up in that, definitely up in that range, but I'll put him past Thielen and Cooper Cup for me because of what he is going to be capable of doing as, you know, baby Tron. So, you know, it's, uh, I, I think it's a very fair range. He has a lot of upside. Yeah. He, he's, he just oozes with talent. I mean, he, he really is. And uh, to me, I think you're right. I think the AJ Green, Julio Jones, uh, Minitron, you know, Calvin Johnson. I think that's a great kind of, uh, you know, uh, model for him to kind of, you know, follow after because he kind of fits that mold. Um, looking at, you know, I've got Cor- uh, Cortland Sutton 14 who really stepped up to the plate last year despite um, some of the quarterback play from Joe Flacco. Uh, Drew Locke came in late in the season and, you know, had some had a couple good games and, you know, Cortland Sutton threw all of that situation last year still managed to be a top 24 wide receiver in PPR. Uh, You know, he's entering his third year this year. Uh, They need another receiver on the outside. You know, they need some help in the offensive line, but 
he is certainly someone who uh, I could easily see having another top 20 finish in PPR. Uh, you know, I've got 15, uh, Devontae Parker. Uh, 16, I've, I've got Stefan Diggs, and uh, I feel like I'm a little higher on him than uh, some others. Uh, I, I believe in Stefan Diggs' talent. I think he's – I think he was the beneficiary of lack of targets last year. He still managed to finish in the top 24 of a PPR team league, but uh, he had compared to two years ago where he had 143 143 targets. He only had 98 last year. Um, And he still had uh, similar, similar stats really. Um, So I imagine, you know, him getting the football a little bit more, which I think Josh Allen will, will start, you know, looking his way a lot more, um, cause he is a, a big receiver. He's got great hands and he's a great rock runner. And I think that's someone who's going to fit very well in, in the Buffalo offense. No, I I'm, I'm, I'm there with you on digs. Um, I have them a little lower, uh, you know, I have at 21, you have 16. And like I said, this is, I, I, it's very judicious, very nitpicky type of, you know, personal feel for a lot of these guys in between. Um, I think digs has a whole lot of upside, uh, it's all going to be on Josh Allen and that offense. I do think Buffalo is going to be a good football team, um, and I think they're going to give it to Singletary. And I think Beasley is going to get his touches, and Josh Allen's going to run it, and they're going to just they're going to spread it out. And I think he's going to put up a little bit less, maybe similar numbers than what he did in Minnesota. And it might be one of those things that's inconsistent, inconsistent. But then all of a sudden, Josh Allen lets a freaking bazooka loose and Diggs just runs underneath it, you know, taking the shots that Cousins used to take at the Redskins that he wasn't allowed to take under uh, Stefanski. So um, I, I, I'm perfectly okay with all those rankings. I mean, you have Sutton and Devontae Parker. Um, one that I'm probably, you know, I have just skipping all the way ahead. I have Sutton at 24. Um, that is probably way too low. I, uh, I, I'm just, I'm, you know, I was listening to Drew Locke numbers and pulled them up right here. And uh, he performed much more admirably than I thought he did. Uh, so yeah. I do think that he, you know, I, I, I'm probably going to hold off. I'll, I'll just pull him out of my rankings. But like I said, I said 23-24. Sutton was my 24. So obviously I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, and we're splitting hairs here when we're coming from like 12 to 24. We have a lot of the same names in our top 24. Right. I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot of difference. So no. we're splitting hairs in some of these guys. One guy that I'd be interested to hear because, uh, you know, we have them way apart is I have Keenan Allen at 14 which everybody knows, you know, I'm a Keenan Allen aficionado, but uh, you have him all the way down at 27. Um, I, I, to me, he, Keenan Allen is still the number one receiver. Mike Williams is a great talent that has not really taken any sort of a step. You know, he's always been kind of what he is. And, you know, if you're a big go-get-it receiver, you would think that'd be the mold under – Philip Rivers, because, I mean, it's, you know, that Hunter Henry, that Antonio Gates, Mike Williams, like big guys, big red, red zone threats. And it, he puts up the touchdowns, but he doesn't take – he never took anything away from Keenan Allen. And I think that Tyrod's skill set is going to serve that um, as much as it can uh, in that offense. I am I'm, I'm still feel very safe with Keenan Allen as a number one receiver or number two technically on this, but I mean, he's a, the number one on the team. I think he's still going to get his touches. I think he's going to get the care, you know, the uh, opportunities where they're probably going to have a few less rushing attempts. Now more percentage is going to go to Eckler, but I think that it it might be a little dink and dunk, you know, you know, spread it out a little more than people think. Um, yeah, so so here's the deal on that with Keenan Allen, and I kind of noticed something a little bit about your rankings that I'll mention here in a second. 
Um, the reason why I'm I'm down on Keenan Allen is because I'm I'm not not high on Tyrod Taylor. Um, you know, Philip Rivers fed Keenan Allen the football. He was always looking Keenan Allen's way. Well, Philip Rivers isn't there anymore. And I know Anthony Lynn is high on Keenan Allen, but uh, I don't think Tyrod Taylor is going to be looking towards Keenan Allen as much as Philip Rivers was. Because uh, last year, basically, for Philip Rivers, it was either Keenan Allen or it was a dump off to Austin Eckler with a little sprinkling with Mike Williams and Hunter Henry. Uh, that's really the kind of the explanation I have for Allen. And then my other question is, is Tyrod Taylor going to be the quarterback the entire season? Um, I have a sneaky suspicion that uh, the Chargers have a, a man crush on Justin Herbert out of Oregon. Uh, that could be the pick for them, and I think he will start sooner than later, which really drags Keenan Allen's ranking down, in my opinion. No, that that but. that makes a good point. I think San Diego is going to try. To, uh, obviously, everybody tries to win, but you know, I, I think they feel they have the pieces to win, and they have you know the talent around it. Uh, the skilled players are good, and uh, a lot of that is that relationship and that rapport and that understanding. You know, the Roethlisberger juju, the golf. Um, cup um, you know Tyrod didn't just walk in there either you know Tyrod's been there for you know a year or two and he doesn't have maybe that rapport but I think some of the reason you get that rapport is because you're going to be where the hell you say you're going to be Edelman and Brady Edelman Brady will dog us people because they're not in the right spot that's why Edelman gets all the catches uh, you know a Robert Woods and Cup is a great example that you got two guys that are really good and skilled and always going to be it Ben finds the guy he trusts quarterbacks are going to find who they trust, you know, unless they're some, you know, unless they're Peyton and they don't care. You know, they, they have who they trust, but, you know, Manning's back there, you know, reading everything. I don't think anybody's thinking Tyrod's quite that cerebral. So I'm going to bank on the fact that the guy that runs one of the crispest routes in the league and I have to get rid of the football, I think that it's opportunity is still going to be there. And, again, we're picking hairs from, you know, this, these, these kind of middle two, two tiers, that 12 to 24. Um, but I, I think there's a ton of opportunity there with him. Um, I got, yeah, I mean, yo, go ahead. I, I, there is, I, like I said, I'm just not, I'm just not as high on, on Tyrod and I'm not really overly high on that offense. I just don't think Tyrod, I think Tyrod is a capable quarterback, but I don't think he's someone who's going to, you know, power Kenny Allen to a top uh, or uh, to a top 15 season at PPR. I just don't see that happening this year. Well, I, I can understand some of that. And he, you know, you, he could be the apple of Philip Rivers' eye, but at the same time, if Philip Rivers is throwing an interception every 10 passes, Tyrod's not going to do that. So they're going to have the ball a little bit longer. So even if, you know, he's like, hey, he's only getting less in percentage, well, maybe if the other team doesn't have the ball as much. Um, right, we'll see. It's, it's, it's going to be really interesting to how things go down. Obviously, that's one spot where quarterback is going to make the biggest difference because they're no expected doubt. to make them and Miami. So my two man crushes may get blown to shit because, you know, the draft is going to go against me. Um, yeah, no doubt about it. And I have Ken- so I have uh, Allen uh, sandwiched between DJ Moore. We talked about Kenny G. We talked about you know, he's my fifteen. All the upside in the world. You hope that Stafford can stay healthy. Um, you know, there's enough other threats to where they can't just key on him. And you know, they run that type of Patriots offense where they don't want to be predictive and consistently just going, going, going. And when it's all said and done, I don't think you can cover him when he doesn't want to be covered and, the, you know, and Stafford puts it in the right spot. Um, I go up. I have uh, A.J. Green at 16. Um, i obviously going to assume it's Joe Burrow. And if I'm Joe Burrow, the first thing that I'm doing is calling A.J. Green because that's what's going to matter as much or more than anything. Um, 
I right now, assuming all health is off the table, there's a huge injury risk with AJ Green. Um, everybody's well aware of that. You know, he's the more banged up version of Julio. You know, they're just these guys are getting there, and the end comes quick sometimes. But if he can put, you know, he he should have three good seasons if his feet can hold up. Um, I think that the yeah. offense, I it's it's going to be hard to just key on AJ Green against what we've seen from Joe Burrow along with all the other weapons around it. You know, I just, he's, he's going to play that number one wide receiver spot and be the lead dog in what should be a, you know, a mediocre defense and a quarterback that diversifies, but he still should be the one. Yeah. You know, I've actually got AJ Green ranked at 28 in my rankings. I actually have him and Tyler Boyd kind of, neck and neck um I, i'm a little worried about aj green's injury history um he's starting to get up there in age um i think he's got a couple decent seasons in him i'm not sure he's got a top 24 season in him uh, it really depends on uh if joe burrow comes out gunslinging like he did at lsu and can aj green stay healthy but well look we we, uh, we could both make each other happy i can flip AJ Green and Corton Sutton, and we're like right on pace. So, oh yeah, no and, doubt. And the, that, and you know what? That may end up being um, at least what happens in my rankings. I just, I think AJ Green is one of those prolific, uh, you know, really should have been generational wide receivers. Um, and because he's in Cincinnati, dying, uh, you know, it just it's been held against him. Um, and I think people just forget how good he is. Um, yeah. So what? I mean, he really is good. He, he is, but you're right. He's in Cincinnati. He's got an injury history, and he started. He's sort of coming coming up to his peak, and probably over his peak by now, in my opinion. But he had a whole I year off. I will say that. Yeah, well, he did have a year off, so we'll see what happens. Um, this next guy I have, um, I think after you hear I hear me talk about him. Uh, you know, you've got him ranked 25 in your rank, because I've got him ranked 17. And uh, right now, I'm I'm wondering if I should move him up a little bit higher because I, I believe in this offense, and that's Calvin Ridley. I've got him at 17 in my PPR rankings. <clears throat> um, last season, you know, he had more touchdown catches than Julio Jones. Uh, you know, he had 64 catches, 844 yards with eight and a half touch or with eight touchdowns in 2019. Um, that was three games him being down for injury and he didn't play. If you kind of extrapolate those numbers into a full season for 2019, he would have 81 receptions, 1,000 yards, and nine touchdowns, good for 241 points for the 2019 season. Vincent, where do you think that ranks among 2019 PPR rankings for receivers? I would guess 18. Try seven. Mm. If Calvin really played a whole season and averaged the three games that he missed uh, for all the other games that he's averaged, he would have finished wide receiver seven overall. Um, you know, Calvin really is someone who I've believed in since he's been in Alabama. And, uh, you know, you'll hear that a lot on our podcast. Uh, Vincent and I watch a lot of SEC football. Uh, we see a lot of these receivers like Julio, Calvin Ridley, A.J. Green, uh, Justin Jefferson, and so forth. So we're going to have a you know, probably a more biased opinion on some of these uh, Southeastern Conference receivers. And, and Calvin Ridley is a stud. I think he's going to make that next step this year. I, I think the Falcons offense, with the addition of Todd Gurley, if he can stay healthy, um, they need some offensive line help. But that's a that's a uh, an offense that's going to score points because their defense isn't the greatest. Uh, they found themselves trailing in football games more often than not last year, and Calvin Ridley and Julio were often the beneficiaries of some of this you know, high throwing in, in the second half. 
And I think Calvin Ridley uh, is, you know, really poised to make that jump. Uh, I certainly think he can e- he could easily finish in the top 12 uh, in wide receiver PPR rankings uh, if he stays healthy and that offense continues to churn. No, I think everything you said, I completely support. They're in a dome. They got the right quarterback. They have the bad defense um, outside of the, you know, Tampa guys. I don't know a one-two that would even come close. Um, by the way, for the record, he would have finished uh, behind Cooper Cup you know, last season. That's neither here nor there. Um, but I, I, I'm with you on Ridley. I just, for me, uh, he's my 25th. So, you know, I, if he's my number two receiver, I just don't feel great about having that number two as number two. Now, he could fool me completely. Um, it just, you know, it, it really – mine always ends just how my draft goes, how my team looks, when I get to those, and how I feel like things kind of pair together. Like, obviously, you can go for all upside at every position. I just am leery of those opportunities because all upside doesn't all hit at the same week. And you probably – you hope it doesn't because then you're going to be – you'll win one, you'll get lose six. Um, Ridley just – you know, maybe it was just, you know, his season a couple years ago. Just it seems like there's those games where it depended on who they're playing. Julio's going to get his. And then the next week, Ridley will get like three touchdowns for 200 yards. And then he'll have another good week. And then he kind of vanishes. Like he's like he's like Amari Cooper Jr. But he's just <laughs> – but he has Julio opposite him. So he's going to – you know, he's never going to be the number one yet. Um, How convenient. That's three Alabama receivers you just talked about well, right there. Not on purpose. I just Maybe, you know, other than Julio, <laughs> they just ghost when it matters. But um, I, I, I think I, I support everything you said with the numbers. I, I think that um, there is a lot of upside. It's just that all they, you know, they had to do everything they could to keep their coach's job last year. And they rallied. Um, I do think they have a few better defense. Like theirs was the – like Falcons were a, a popular Super Bowl pick last year, and everybody's like, "Oh, they, you know, they can make." It. And then injuries hit, and it happened everywhere. And it happened on defense, and it happened on the offensive line. Uh, their defense, I think, is going to be better. I think that they found something last year. Unfortunately, it should not matter in a lot of games because the NFC South is loaded. Um, yeah. Um, no, I, I'm with you. Go I ahead. think it's. I, I, I honestly. The way you talk about him, I was going to compliment you for being bold, but if I'm you, based off of how you describe Allen Robinson versus how you describe Ridley, I'd flip-flop them. I'd put him all the way up to 12 in my rankings if I felt the way you felt about him, if that makes sense. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, I, like I said, I feel strongly about Calvin Ridley. I just think he's poisoned to take that next step. It kind of reminds me of Juju Smith-Schuster coming into his second season with Antonio Brown's last season as the Steelers wide receiver. Um, I think it's kind of a similar role no, in that in that shake, in my opinion. Not to say that Julio's on his way out, but right. it's, I, mean, I it's, just it's, think Calvary's you know, made the comparison, I guess, up. when we were going over the divisions. You know, it's, the, it's the Julio Roddy White. I mean, there's there's going to be – and it's it's great when it's a healthy yeah. pass into the guard because then all of a sudden you're like, well, shit, who, who – you, you might not know who's going off, but neither does the other team. You know, when you get two guys that are, you know, even if one's going down and one's coming up, if they hit at the same time, that's a dangerous combination where there's no way to identify that. And then it really gets into week-to-week stuff. But, you know, we're not talking DFS. We're talking seasonal. So, You know, we have a similar ranking on someone who I'm not overly high on because I guess I just want to see more out of. 
uh, out of this offense. And because I just have more question marks and answers, I guess. And that's AJ Brown. I mean, you have him at 17. I've got him at 18. I know Derrick Henry's there, um, you know, who's just a beast as a running back. Uh, Tannehill was really just on fire last season, you know, and it earned him a huge payday. Well, I guess we believe uh, it. Are about you the same. In that offense? I, I think, I mean, it's going to be a broken record at this point, but we can't help the way the NFL happens. And Adam Gase has murdered more people than Carol Baskins has at this point. Okay. Everybody knows she killed her fucking husband and everybody knows that Adam Gase killed fucking careers. Okay. <laughs> so is Tannehill good or not? I have no idea. Um, I think that he works for that offense. You know, Dilford was not a good quarterback. He has a big ring to prove it. So uh, I think that sometimes just football of all sports is the, the most important team sport where the fit has to go with the scheme and there has to be a just a, a good match. And when you have King Henry leading the freaking charge in the backfield, how are they not going to respect him? Um, I think they bring in another running back too to kind of spell Henry and make it even more of a threat. And – Again, they have other good skill players. And A.J. Brown did it on not as many catches. I mean, he is a man grown and absolutely plays like that. He's in that same kind of, you know, I have Kenny Galladay, A.J. AJ Green, then A.J. Brown together. And they are all freaking full men, and they can go get the football. And he, 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 like Tyreek Hill, doesn't need the volume to score points, both literally and figuratively on and off the field. Yeah, yeah, he, he's a big boy, and you're right. He does kind of fit that mold. Um, we'll see about that offense, you know, this season. I wonder if Tannehill still got that, you know, that some of that high-poweredness and some of that uh, fire that can he carry it on to the 2020 season. Yeah, I've got Adam Thielen in 19, uh, the next guy I love, and who I think, you know, had a great rapport with his quarterback, and that's uh, DJ Baby Shark to do to do uh at, at 20 um you know did you know that when he was with Gardner Minshew DJ Shark was a top 10 PPR receiver when when Gardner Minshew was in the football game playing quarterback and now he's got Gardner Minshew it seems like the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to give Gardner Minshew another shot at starting here uh it would not shock me to see them draft a quarterback uh, in the draft just to give him a little competition but Right now, uh, Gardner Minshew is at, is at the helm, and I know he loved him some Baby Shark last year. Uh, I did not have a chance to own uh, DJ Shark, and at one point I tried to trade for him. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, I think it's, it's funny how we one. keep comparing you know, divisions and teams and conferences because, to me, Jacksonville and Tennessee are very similar. Um, they're in different stages. Tennessee's on the way up. Jacksonville you know, was up and now back in the rebuild, but – you know, Leonard Fournette's going to demand his touches. He's going to demand a presence in the box. And in, if you have the capability of beating somebody over the top and making a play, which Chark does, and you have a quarterback that will deliver the football, and, you know, if Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Tannehill is it, like they're going to give him a shot to make a play, that's all you can ask for. Um, you know, again, I don't think it's going to be PPR. That's kind of why I think that's why that group is down here. Um I have him at 22. I kind of have him around T.Y. and um, Corton, uh, Sutton. So I'm probably wrong on Sutton, but, like, my rankings, I have OBJ again at 18. And, honestly, I can see him at 24 at this point. I'm all over the place on him. I can't make up my mind. But then you go from, for me, Allen Robinson, which I kind of lump in there, but then Tyler Lockett, Diggs, DJ Chark, T.Y. Hilton. To me, those are all big play guys, number one receivers. The volume won't be there to – validate week in and week out wide receiver one consistency however all have absolute 
week in and week out wide receiver one opportunity. And that's why I think. I tell you what, um, I, I think about T.Y. Hilton here, you know, T.Y. Hilton's 30 years of age uh, in the two of his last three seasons have been the worst for T.Y. Hilton's career. He's been injured. Um, he's had quarterback issues, whether it's Jacoby Brissett or whoever else is playing quarterback over there. I mean, Andrew Luck retires. Uh, Rivers, you know, I thought he threw the football well at times last year, but, you know, he's coming off one of his worst seasons. Uh, he's uh, coming into Indy now. Um, he's going to be playing behind one of the best offensive lines in football. Um, does he have enough juice in the tank? Does T.Y. have enough juice in the tank? Uh, can Rivers push him for for one more good season? Yeah, maybe I finish think they like have, a top fifteen PPR. Uh, no, I don't think he can get to top fifteen PPR. I think he could get close, but everything you just said on top of the skill set, um, it's going to be interesting when Philip Rivers' number one wide receiver is the guy that wants to go deep. So, I my faith is in Frank Wright. I think that. India does a very good job. Uh, the fact that they were competitive, I, I think Brissett was not the answer, obviously. I don't think Rivers is. Rivers has been done. Uh, Frank, yeah, he's a, he, he, a stopgap. But I don't think it's a stopgap for somebody this year. Like, I think they're going in with Rivers and Brissett, and they're going to try to win this year. Um, I just – I feel very comfortable about where he's at in the rankings – because I don't think he has that. He just does not have – he never has had that PPR upside. I don't hold the last two seasons against him based off of injury and the quarterback play and the change of coach um, and when it all happened. I mean, you lose Andrew Luck right before the season for another reason, and he's like, peace out. So that's a tough pill to swallow and then even tougher to adjust with. So that's why, you know, that's why I put these young guys ahead of him. Um, I just I – just him and OBJ and Allen Robinson just, you know – you know, uh, all a little bit older body-wise maybe than they are year-wise. You know, their bodies have taken – Now, I will say, Allen Robinson, no, but, I don't but think he's about it. He's recovered. only 26. <laughs> I mean, his, his – he may be 26, but he's like a – he's a hard football 26. Like, that's how I look at him because, I mean, he's – Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's, he's, been, he's where, been through you know, some tough I, years of Jacksonville. Those guys, like, again, I, I, I really I'm, – I'm really okay with them all. But that's why I want the upside of a DJ Moore. Um, I want, you know, especially when we're talking about PPR, you know, everything you just said, you know, we have TY there. Like, that's why I'm okay with Keenan Allen with Tyrod, because at least he still should be the catch guy. Even if the upside is gone, if you miss on Keenan Allen, then your, your, your floor, I think, is so high. Um, TY, I mean, his floor, I mean, he's, he could be like Mike Williams two years ago, like, you hope he catches the deep. You hope he catches the deep, oh, deep no touchdown. Doubt. But because the Colts play one of the division they do with the coach they have and the team they have built around it, they're going to pound Marlon Mack and whatever plethora of running backs they use, and then dink and dunk Doyle to death, and then they're going to take a shot. And Ty, you know, every week is going to get two or three shots, and there's no reason that any given week he doesn't always get one. So I think that. He is the only one with that real skill set. Paris Campbell didn't show it last year. Um, uh, he's, he is the guy with the opportunity on a good team, I hope. So uh, that's where I, I think that's why we have him where we do. Um, and it's more like we're defending ourselves because I think yeah. we're both kind of nervous. I've got him at 21. Him, but it's, you know, it's just, 
T.Y. was, you know, even in PPR, T.Y. would be a second-round pick previously. You know, and he never – I don't remember the last time he's yeah. even come close to you know, warranting that sort of respect. So It was about three years ago. Uh, I think it was this 2015 season where he had like 1,400 right. yards receiving. And then the only one we didn't really yeah. cover is Lockett. Um, he, he was – Lockett is a much better receiver – than anybody gives Lockett credit for it. You know, he used to be the fast guy. His route trees expanded. Um, they have a legitimate threat with DK on the other side. And Russell Wilson is the most efficient quarterback in NFL history. So he does not need but five attempts a, a game to give you 12 to 15 points. Yeah, and, you know, the last guy on my list, you know, I've got – you know, I kind of had T.Y. Uh, Hilton at 21. You know, you had him at 23, so we're kind of right in the same You boat. hate him. I had Cooper Cup at 22. Um, <laughs> I, I don't hate him, um, but I, I do believe – I just wonder about the Rams' offense and are they going to take a step back this year. That, that's my biggest concern for, for the Cooper Cup and the Los Angeles Rams. Um, now, I will tell you this, uh, somebody who I am high on, and that's a uh, wide receiver 24 to round out my top 24 rankings, that's Michael Gallup out of Dallas. Um I was very high on Michael Gallup last year, you know, and he returned pretty good value. You know, if you were drafting Gallup, you probably got him in the 12th, uh, 11th, 10th, 10th, 11th, 12th round last year. And he returned uh, in the 14 games he played as wide receiver 30 overall. That's a pretty good return on someone who you're taking in the double digit rounds. I mean, he had 113 targets last year, 66 receptions, 1,100 yards and six touchdowns. Um, I look for him to improve on those numbers this year. Even if he can convert, say, um, 40% of those targets into receptions, you're looking at over 80 catches, over 1,300 yards, and probably eight to 10 touchdowns. That's good enough for a wide receiver one numbers there, people. Um, you know, only two games last year, uh, he had less than five targets. Out of, the 13, out of the 14 games he played, it was only two games he had less than five targets. Every other game, he had six or more targets last year. So Dak Prescott is looking for him, looking to throw the football to him. You know, whether Amari Cooper disappears or not, now I will say one thing about Michael Gallup. And he did burn some people last year in playoffs. You know, in the semifinals, he basically just disappeared as the Cowboys just rolled over the Rams that week. The Cowboys put up 44 points. And Gallup's disappointing numbers were three targets, one reception, six yards. Don't let one game, you know, sour your mind on the talent of Michael Gallup and that Dallas Cowboys offense because it's certainly high power. And I think Gallup will certainly get his. And he is, to me, someone who has the potential who can also. No, he's absolutely one of those guys that can make that jump. Um, I have him at 28, so we're only a few spots apart. But honestly, like you're talking and I'm looking at numbers and I'm trying to figure out what are the, uh, if, what if I told you that. 10 games next year, Michael Gallup outscores Amari Cooper. Uh, it's, you know, I wouldn't be surprised you know, at all. By hook or by crook, you know, half of them he may earn, and then the other half, freaking Cooper disappears. Like, I'm more now, I'm talking my way, way down on Cooper. So now, and my re rankings are going to be uh, nothing's going to happen in Dallas, and Amari Cooper is going to just plummet down the list. But, no, I mean, it's everything you said about um, the difference between Dallas and Atlanta is Ezekiel Elliott. And if, if there was more opportunity for Dak to make more plays um, and it was necessary, then I think Gallup would be, you know, I have Gallup very close to Ridley. Like, I have Ridley at 25, for example, Gallup at 28. You know, be more, we'll go into next episode some. But – I think you know, that, that's where I kind of equate them together. And, you know, so 
a lot of my rankings, you know, just talking them out with you, the only double up I had the whole time was the Tampa guys. So I just right now, I just I haven't gotten myself over the over the, over the hump of being able to put that number two guy over what a number one guy because I honestly, you know, looking at this like because of opportunity, because of offense, Ridley and Gallup, um, even Robert Woods, like I could easily move them ahead of people that I'm a little more cautious about, like OBJ or Allen Robinson or Ty for sure. So um, you know, I, it's a really deep position, um, and it's it, it's really I as like we said at the end of the last, you know, we got to the deeper of the running backs. Wide uh, last podcast, the wide receivers you know, kind of started with a lot of versatility. Um, it just get me geared up for the draft, man. I'm really looking forward to having a couple of really good landing spots, and then just the freaking the dream killing draft picks that are just gonna just cripple some of these rankings. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see, man. And, and like you said. You know, I think wide receiver is extremely deep this year. And, you know, we're going to see that on Thursday when we look at our rankings from 25 to 50. You know, I was having trouble uh, keeping some of the receivers out of the top 50 because I feel like wide receiver is just so deep. And we're going to see that. And you're right. Uh, you know, when the draft happens and some of these guys get put on teams like Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs and Justin Jefferson, you know, it's just going to push more receivers down. And it's just going to yeah, it's, 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 I mean, and you, you have a lot of guys ready for their – you know, their, their third year jump coming up. You got a lot of guys that, you know, came in and made an impact, you know, last year, whether it was uh, AJ or McLaurin, um, you got guys that missed. I mean, you have AJ Green sitting on the sideline. I mean, there is just a plethora, you know, of opportunity, probably as many, you know, as big a names as you could moving teams. Like if Amari Cooper would have left pretty much everybody that had the opportunity to bail would have, you know, Robbie's on it. Robbie Anderson's on a new team. Um, Diggs is on a new team. Uh, just there's a lot of moving pieces that you know you're really going to have to try to uh, wrangle in along with your own opinions about whatever situation they're going to. Like nobody's ever accused um, of me of like, oh, you're a big Buffalo wide receiver fan. I'm gonna have to. You know, people are gonna have to go against. Wait, Stephon Diggs is where he plays for? What? 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 It snows. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Well, you know, uh, I thought you know uh, you're right about the the Buffalo and the snow, but. You know, that, that's really all the time we have for tonight, guys. Uh, we appreciate uh, you listening to the wide receiver podcast today. Uh, again, this is our top 25, uh, 24 wide receivers. On Thursday, we'll be back to talk about our top 25 to 50 wide receivers. Otherwise, guys, have a good night. Stay safe. Wash your uh, hands, Stay quarantined. Everybody.